Welcome to Happiness and Inside Job. This is episode 65, Confidence, How to Have More of It. And I'm your host, Connie Atkinson. Happiness and Inside Job is the go-to resource for Christian parents wanting to effectively communicate with teenage and young adult children utilizing powerful life coaching skills. What if I told you your children don't need to change anything in order for you to have a fulfilling relationship with them? You can change everything about your relationships with others by merely changing the way you think about them. Imagine the power you find when you stop depending on others for change and you create the change. Suddenly, you stop being the victim and you become the hero of your life. Here we are, folks. We have successfully made it through one more week of quarantine life. I don't know how things are at your house, but I am shocked by the number of things that have been cleared from my schedule and how little time I still have to get the things done that I want to do. So here it is, 1.30 in the morning, and I'm finally able to start this podcast. Luckily, I am really excited about this podcast, so finding the energy to squeeze it in, even at 1.30 in the morning, is not going to be a problem. As I'm coaching people, a resounding theme that I hear over and over again is that people want to feel confident. It's interesting because people talk about it almost as if it's an out-of-body experience. It's something that happens out there in the universe and just lands upon you. And I am telling you, my friends, that is not at all how it works. First of all, let me just remind you that a relationship with anyone is only your thoughts about them. Your mother-in-law may think you have an amazing relationship, and it's very possible that you can't stand her because she's always in your business. The truth is you're both right because our thoughts create our reality. That is also very true in our relationship with ourselves. Our confidence comes from nothing more than our thoughts about ourselves. So let me talk really fast about confidence as well. Now, confidence is our faith in our ability to do something. Now that confidence comes as success is achieved by doing that same task over and over and over again. For example, I have complete confidence in my ability to read. I learned it years ago, and it's something that I don't go a day without using that skill. I don't even worry about it when an opportunity comes along when I'm going to have to read something. I know it's not going to be a problem. Now, fun fact, I'm sure you all want to know, my oldest granddaughter is actually learning how to read. Now, when she stumbles on a word or gets to a word and is completely stumped, nobody says to her, oh, sweetie, just give up right now. Clearly, this isn't your thing. Now, reading is a life skill, and she's absolutely going to get it. She's known every letter and its sound since she was two years old. The girl is very smart, and she absolutely is going to learn how to read. Now, that confidence is going to be built as she more successfully learns how to sound out words and eventually read sentences. It's also a skill that's built over time, and she will continue to improve upon that. She already has confidence that she can walk, run, pour a glass of water, 
and even ride her balance bike like a boss. Now, when I refer to self-confidence, which is actually what this podcast is about, what I'm referring to is our thoughts about ourselves. Now, so many people think that when they hit a certain number on a scale, they're suddenly going to feel self-confident. When their salary hits a certain level, at that point, they are going to feel completely self-confident. I am here to tell you, my friends, that that is simply not the case. There are people with a higher number on the scale than what you have that feel absolutely confident. And those with a lower number on the scale than what you're shooting for, who still feel very little self-confidence. So now that I've shattered your dreams, that you've believed your whole life, that self-confidence is just going to suddenly arrive upon you when your bank balance hits a certain level or when your weight hits a certain level, I'm going to tell you how you actually get it. First of all, we have to admit to ourselves that self-confidence is a skill that we can choose to learn just like any other skill. We can decide ahead of time that we're going to learn how to get good at it. Self-confidence is definitely not about doing everything perfectly or knowing everything. I got to tell you this funny story about my nephew. He went through this period where whenever you asked him a question, he would give you an answer. And as an added bonus, it ironically always came with a statistic to back it up. At one point, I questioned my sister and asked her, is it really true that that statistic is real? She's like, oh, heavens no. He makes them up on the fly. And for some reason, he feels like he's a more credible source when there's a statistic to back up his answer. And if you've listened to my podcast before, you already know that 80% of statistics are completely made up. And for my nephew, it wasn't about actually knowing the answer. It was way more about having an answer to give that made him feel self-confident than it was in having a correct answer to give. Another key factor in self-confidence is making sure that we speak to ourselves the same way we would speak to somebody else that we actually like. So often we are our own worst critic. And I promise you, those thoughts of criticism never create feelings of self-confidence. So a key to self-confidence and gaining more of it is the ability to have your own back. Be your own best cheerleader instead of your own worst critic. Okay, another key factor is developing the ability to trust yourself. One of the things I am constantly reminding myself is that there is nothing I can't learn. Anything I want to do, I have the ability to learn how to do it if I choose to put in the time. Now, a few years ago, I used to be a runner. Now, not a serious marathon runner, but, you know, a good three miles to stay in shape every day. I was that kind of runner until one day I tore my meniscus and then I was in so much pain I thought I was going to die. After surgery, it has been, it's been a year and a half since I've had surgery and I have not really been running since. Now, during this quarantine, that is one of my goals is to learn how to run again. Now, I don't have a lot of confidence in my ability to run right now, but I have a whole lot of self-confidence in my ability to relearn it. So one of my daughters and I go out every single day 
and we do the best we can. Our goal is to do better today and to run farther and faster today than we did yesterday. Now, what people see when they pass us on the street may not even look like running, but I am telling you, it is a far improvement over what we were doing a week ago. And I'm not really concerned what it looks like to anyone else. What I really care about is that I am taking care of my body in a way that creates my future best physical self. Okay, another huge component in developing self-confidence is the skill, learning the skill of being willing to feel anything. And it's important to remember that these things that happen in our lives, the number on the scale, the number I see when I open my bank statement, all of these things are completely neutral until I have a thought about them. I have the opportunity to tell myself, to write my own story, to make it mean whatever I choose to make it mean. I have the choice to be my own best cheerleader or my own worst critic. In fact, some days I feel like I kind of switch back and forth all day long between those two, being my own best cheerleader and my own worst critic. And I have the opportunity to just notice that my brain is doing that and to redirect it. I have the opportunity to choose to find the good in myself each and every day. One challenge I recently issued to my ThoughtWorks group, and my friends, if you're not in there, you should be. It is truly an opportunity to look at our lives, to check out the thoughts that are in our heads and really figure out what drives us, what thoughts are serving us and what are garbage that just need to go. One of these activities that we did recently was to take a look at situations where we feel very, very confident and those where we feel the least confident and compare those to figure out what our thought is about ourselves in situations where we're confident and what we're thinking about ourselves in situations where we don't feel that same level of self-confidence. It was so much fun to watch the lights come on in people's brains as they realize they are the same exact person, whether they are at work feeling absolutely confident knowing that they have done a great job or whether they're shrinking before the ex-husband feeling like they just have to maintain the peace. I am the same exact person in my most self-confident situation as I am in my least self-confident situation. The only thing that's different are my thoughts about myself. And those thoughts are so powerful. They are, in fact, what drives our feeling. Now, another question that I am very frequently asked is how do I help my children to feel more self-confidence? I have often told myself, if my children could just see themselves the way I see them, the way their Heavenly Father sees them, the way almost everyone around them sees them, they would have so much self-confidence they wouldn't even be able to contain it all. And yet so many people, adults and children alike, struggle with self-confidence. Isn't it interesting that so few adults have it figured out and yet we wish all the kids did, especially our own. We look at them and we see the good in them and we cannot see 
understand why they don't see it in themselves. So the first thing that we parents can do to help teach self-confidence to our children is practice what we preach. Live these principles of noticing the good in ourselves and focusing on our strengths instead of beating ourselves up over our weaknesses. Let's start practicing what we preach. Let's start living the way we wish our children would live. They see what we do much louder than they hear what we say. Now, a real key to anyone learning the art of self-confidence, and it is an art, it's a skill, but anyone who's learning it, whether they're an adult or a child, it's really key that we focus on our thoughts, that we realize that this feeling of self-confidence that we either have or we don't have is all based on the thoughts that we choose to focus on about ourselves. When our children come to us because they want to feel more confident, their question is always, what do I do? How do I get that confidence? The really helpful question is, what do I think? How do I really think about myself in order to drive that feeling of true self-confidence? Now, anyone who's been coached by me knows that as much as you beg me to coach you on your A-line or tell you what to do, I will not do it because there is no power in that. Our power truly lies in how we think. Now, I wish I could take credit for this, but it was actually one of my clients who came up with this. What this client truly wanted in their life was to feel self-confident. And I asked this client, when you truly embody that everything that is confidence, everything that is self-confidence, what is your life going to be like? And they said to me, I will be completely in love with myself. I absolutely love that. When we truly believe that we are completely in love with ourselves. Now, my friends, this is not being conceited. This is not an arrival point where we no longer have anything that we need to work on, that's not what this client was saying at all. What this client was truly saying is that when I am completely in love with myself, I will recognize my weaknesses and work on them, but not beat myself up over it. I will love myself exactly who I am right now. And I want each of you to really take a moment and consider when you are at that point where you are completely in love with yourself, how will you feel? And then ask yourself, when you truly embody that thought, when you have become a person that is completely in love with yourself and you feel self-confident, how will you act? How will you act in the easiest of circumstances? And how will you act in the hardest of circumstances? My friends, this is deep work and it is really, really fun. If you'd like to come do it together, make sure you head on over to my website, www.happiness-insidejob.com and come join us in ThoughtWorks. I'll see you next week.